Trash Can presents Nightline News. I'm your host, Dan Crosby. We all here in America put our faith and our trust in our congressmen and women. We trust them to steward our votes correctly to get our bills passed. But can we trust them with our beloved cartoon characters? Congressman from South Carolina, Ted Robinson, is now in a lot of trouble after reportedly going to Disney World and trying to solicit Minnie Mouse for a lap dance. Apparently, the congressman had tried three times prior to solicit Minnie Mouse for the lap dance, and after being denied, he then quoted the Bible verse that says, Man has dominion over beasts of the earth. Ted Robinson is here with us tonight to explain his actions. Ted, welcome on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, Ted, you are in some trouble right now because of these allegations of, with Minnie Mouse. Do you care to explain what went on? Now, I know everything looks really bad right now. I just want to say that, and I just want to thank the 5th District for all their support and their love during this time. They have sent me great amount of letters, and they said, Ted, we still believe in you. The Lord still believes in you, and he believes in the work that you're doing. Now, Congressman Robinson, I have to ask, we're all thinking this, why would you solicit Minnie Mouse, a beloved cartoon character for the ages, for a lap dance? Don't you think that's a little inappropriate? Now, I just want to clear some things up. The media has really skewed this story. I tell you this much. Minnie Mouse, she's not as innocent as she leads on, first of all. I just let you know that. Second of all, you should ask her about the cocaine that night. That's second. And third... The 5th District knows what happened. They're still behind me. America's still behind me. I'm thinking about running for president. But why the Bible verse, Congressman Robinson? Why the need to use the Bible verse? It is vital that God stays the centerpiece of our daily lives. That we trust in His Word regardless of the situation and what's going on. He loves us all. He loves us all. And we just got to be reminded each and every day of his goodness. Amen. Congressman Robinson, is there anything that you would like to say to Minnie Mouse or Mickey Mouse or the general public because you are on national TV? Don't let me catch you in the street, neither one of you. And for, for the rest of the general population, I would love to just say right now I'm announcing my candidacy to the Republican Party. And we're going to win and uh, sweep this whole entire nation clean of all the dirty wrongdoing and bad stuff. And I know this might have made me look a little, huh, but people are trying out to get me. And it's the media. And I'm telling you, if you vote for me, we'll be A-OK. I don't have a slogan yet because I just announced presidency that I'm running. All right. This has been Dan Crosby for Nightline nightly news we'll see you next time hi i'm chris and i'm micah and this is the donut box podcast yeah. uh-huh. well buddy it's another week another great episode that we got planned up our sleeves guess what we got a new listener not in a new state but in a new country so oh canada we appreciate the support. I would sing it if I knew the lyrics, but all I know is it says, Oh, Canada, and I kind of know the tune. But, yeah, awesome. Canada. Um, also, shout out to our overseas listeners, you know, Belgium. And, uh, I mean, we got so many. Ireland's been on there, too, a good bit. Um, 
I mean, we got a ton of overseas listeners, out of country listeners, but we also thank our country or our in country listeners here in the United States. Appreciate it, especially in our home state of Texas and uh, Virginia, Oregon, Washington State's been really big too. Iowa, man, we got we got so many listeners. It's Ohio. We can keep on going. I think you were trying to channel your uh, Congressman Ted Robinson there for a minute. But uh, anyways, we are going to jump into our old-fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. And Micah, what do you got for us this week? Oh, we got an interesting story. So we used to have yard sales. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I could say show of hands how many of y'all had a yard sale when y'all were a kid or a garage sale or whatever, an estate sale if you're fancy. You know, I'm sure everybody would be like, yeah, we had at least one or we knew who, who, you know, somebody had one. So we had this yard sale and, you know, I I don't really remember too many specifics about this yard sale. Do you? I don't remember at all. And prior to this yard sale, I had never had a yard sale at my house. Our family never had a yard sale. So the only time I had yard sales was whenever... Uh, you guys decided to have a yard sale. But do you remember why we had a yard sale? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I just remember it was like, okay, we're going to get rid of a bunch of stuff, yard sale, and you'd have to get up really early, like 5 in the morning. And um, I, I actually do remember one part that I didn't remember before going into this. Um, I remember we had to put out like little flyers on the windows of because uh, my father was a little uh-uh about things and so we had to literally go put flyers on these cars at this grocery store and i remember somebody came out and said like you can't do that or something and um he still made us do it he's like you gotta let some little pipsqueak tell you not to put things like well i mean he kind of works for the business i think the exact quote was are you gonna let some little buggy pusher push you around oh i think that's what the quote was yeah i think that's what it was i think you're right but anyways, so we had to do all this stuff, and then we had to put out signs at like five in the morning, um, put all the put all the crap out. And I mean, for those of you who haven't been to a yard sale, or like know about yard sales, some people take it really serious. I mean, we had a lady out there at like you know five thirty. We were barely had stuff out in the yard, and she's out there with flashlights, like going through it. It was insane. But anyways, the only reason this yard sale really stood out was one, so. My father at the time had a motorcycle, and it was in the backyard. And Chris, come on, buddy. Tell tell him about this guy. Well, this guy just walked up, and he didn't say anything, didn't say, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Nothing. He literally, the first thing he walked up and was like, all I hear is, ooh, nice pipes. And I'm like, well, that was a little uh, sexual, I think. And he was like, he was like, and he had a very... Uh, feminine nature about him i'm not trying to trying to talk mess but he was just like uh so how much is your motorcycle for sale and i just remember he was very interested in your dad's pipes your dad might have known him from somewhere yeah i mean uh, wine and dine anyways um what i'm thinking i mean that was that was i don't know why for the longest time it was like ooh, nice pipes it would just stuck forever but the other thing that showed up or the other person that showed up that was a little weird. Uh, there was a fake Elvis that showed up. So, but it wasn't it wasn't like a very good fake Elvis though. Do you remember? I remember it was like this guy showed up. He kind of had Elvis hair and like sideburns. Nothing really else. He was like an Elvis impersonator, but he wasn't working. And I think he just wanted to show up to the yard sale. And he was like trying to impersonate Elvis, but he was just in normal clothes. And you were like. 
what the heck is going on? But he looked like Elvis. And I remember we took a picture with him because we're like, oh, that's cool. But I don't know why we decided to take a picture with him. Yeah, I don't know. I do remember that the picture has, like, the neighbor kid in it as well. Um, he, like, jumped in the picture. So I don't even remember the neighbor kid's name. So that's interesting. But um, so that was a weird yard sale. You know, I was I didn't like those yard sales. But um, on a similar note, I'll lead into this one as well. Um, we used to go to this auction, and Chris, talk a little bit about what this auction was like. It was pretty unique. I don't know if you've ever been to a bingo house before, but a bingo house is like a whole bunch of people smoking, and uh, it's very smoky. So this was just like, this auction was in a barn, and it's like a typical auction, but there was just like cigarette smoke everywhere. You could, like, buy snacks and stuff. And I remember, uh, like, we brought a couple of things to the auction to sell. But I remember it's, like, a typical auction. I remember, I guess your parents at the time were really big into, like, American pickers and auctions and deals. And so they thought it was a good deal, uh, no pun intended, a good thing to go to. So we would go there, like, every Saturday, and we would see what was there and see if we could get a good deal. And it was not about, like, buying stuff. It was about getting the best deal that you could. It didn't matter what it was. Uh, and I think that was the whole high for them. Uh, so Christopher, myself, went a couple of times with Micah, and there was a certain lady that worked the snack bar. Um, and I got to know her a little bit over the period of time. And I thought she was a pretty good looking gal. And I was 16, 17 at the time. I was like, there's no way she's over 18. And she's, she was an elementary school teacher, wasn't she? Well, she was a preschool. She was a pre-K teacher. So I remember I like got the nerve to like ask her out. I was like, I'm going to ask her out. I'm going to ask if I can get her phone number. Cause I thought she was 18 at least. I was like, no way she's older than that. And I went up to her and I was like, Hey, so, uh, can I have your number? And she was like, Oh, that's so sweet. She was like, but I think I'm a little too old for you. And I was like, well, um, how old is too old? And she was like, well, I'm like 23 or 24 or something like that. She was like, like maybe seven years older than me. And so I was like, Oh, well, that's not a problem. And she was like, yeah, that's kind of a problem. Cause I was underage. So I got denied by a preschool teacher kind of hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that they had great hamburgers there though. Um, and they had the bull peanuts and all sorts of stuff. It was, it was interesting place. Um, but I remember we would go and we would sell stuff. Um, auction would take like 10% of the cut of whatever you would make. And I don't know, sometimes you'd be able to get good deals. Sometimes it was just, kind of kind of nothing because what it would start off as um it would start off as people would just bring a bunch of their stuff that they want to sell and so it's just a bunch of individuals items it's like live ebay essentially and then after a while then they bring in like businesses and like the businesses would you know sell their goods but i don't know about you chris all i remember about the business stuff when they started selling theirs it was like uh, pardon my language but cheap chinese crap like, it wasn't anything very good. Or it would be, like, boxes yeah, it, of M&Ms. It, it wasn't good it at would all. Be like, it would be, like, who wants 30 boxes of M&Ms <laughs> or something like that. Oh, yeah, it was, like, bulk stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah that's it, nuts. It, it was like I just remember stuff. not liking the auctions or the yard sales. You know why? Because we would always have to do all the work. We didn't have to be all the heavy muscle 
And then we would get like maybe fifteen bucks for the whole day. When we were when we were kids, slave flavor was a common thing for us. <laughs> yeah, they would literally be like, "Oh yeah, you're strapped, two strapping young kids. You can do this." And you know, we just said yeah because that's what we were used to doing. But now. I'm like, you got to at least pay for my lunch kind of a thing. Yeah, it gets old after a while, but um, it was it was an interesting time. Um, you saw some interesting things. One other thing that I'm going to say about the auction, I think one of the weirdest buys that I've ever seen was Joan of Bark. Do you remember that? Sat on our back porch for forever. Oh, yeah. Tell them what, tell them what Joan so, of Bark was. Yeah, for those of you who are familiar with the history, Joan of Arc. If you don't know her, go look her up on Google. But essentially, this local artist decided he was going to uh, make this statue, and Joan of Arc was burned at the stake. Essentially, it was her burnt, but it was made out of, like, tree bark. And so she was, like, in this kind of, like, you know, arms raised and, like, tied up feet, you know, like she got burnt. But it was, a, it was like, tree bark that was outside of this foam, and uh yeah they just like sold it and it was it was really 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 random and i don't i really don't remember why we had it or why we bought it because it was uh it's not like it could go in the house i think your dad thought it was cool and it was uh if i remember right she was kind of uh like the forum was kind of like naked i think i i think i remember that and your uh your dad got his jollies off of Jonah Bark. So, uh, well, we are going to move into our next segment, and uh, uh, we're not going to do the jelly donut today. We're going to do the strawberry donut, and it's just a little bit different. So instead of doing jail reports, we are going to do the funniest and weirdest ways that people got fired. So a lot of people have gotten fired over some dumb stuff, man. I know that uh, people, bosses sometimes are tripping. So are you ready to hear why people got fired? Yep, especially Texas because it's a right-to-work state that can fire you for no reason. I know other states are like that, so I'm interested to hear some of these. All right, so a CEO from Las Vegas was apparently uncomfortable with the re-election of President Obama whenever he got re-elected in 2012. Um, So he's only known as David, and we don't know what company he works for, but he decided to terminate the position of 22 of his employees because Barack Obama got reelected, declaring that elections have consequences and that he needs to quote-unquote survive. He says, I had to lay off 22 people to make sure that my business is going to thrive and I'm going to be around for years to come. And I have to build up that nest egg now for the taxes and regulations that are coming my way. Dude, that's really messed up. Like, I I get being, like, paranoid about the changes and all that stuff, but that's no reason to fire people. That's not really good leadership either. I'm just going to say that. Because you adjust for the times, you know, you adjust while the times happen. Yeah, and you can have some of that forethought. But my thing is, you know, if he was talking about, like, Obamacare and having to have everybody have health care and provide health care to everybody that's full-time, you know, there there are also ways around that to where it doesn't really affect your business. So, dumb stuff, especially 22 people. That's a lot of people. It's kind of putting the cart before the horse. But anyways, on to the next one. So, a hotel maid got fired because she wanted an autograph. Um, so, apparently, Jennifer Lopez was at this luxury hotel um, where she was going to stay in Germany. 
Uh, like any other fan would do, the hotel maid decided to approach the singer when she knocked on her door for an autograph, but was turned away by two assistants. The hotel maid would then receive some tragic news after she had a phone call and told that she was fired. She was just fired for asking for an autograph. I mean, I, w- I would do the same thing. I would ask for an autograph. Yeah, I mean, I totally, I totally get it. Whenever I, I had an airport position where we were doing private jets, and that was like the first thing that they told us is you will see celebrities and like don't go up to them. You have to treat them like they're a normal person. Like you can't ask for their autograph or take pictures with them or anything like that. And it's frustrating because you're like, man, um, especially in this day and age, it's like, you know, picture didn't happen, right? If I tell Chris, like, hey, I saw Jennifer Lopez today, he's going to be like, yeah, where's the picture with her? Or, you know, or I'm, you know what I mean? So it's it's super hard. I, I, I get it. Exactly. But then on the, I get why they do that. But then on the flip side, like, there have been uh, people, especially with wrestling WWE, they literally find out the wrestlers like flight arrivals and stuff. And they wait at the airport for them just to get an autograph. They're like leeches, bro. And I'm like, yeah, if I was uh, a wrestler or a celebrity just getting off the plane and I had people shoving pens and autograph stuff in my face, I'd tell them, yeah, get lost. I heard that happened to Ray Mysterio. Like, and he got pretty, that did happen to Ray Mysterio because these people, they don't just want an autograph for like themselves. They want it so that they can go sell it on eBay. They can resell it. Yeah. And because I saw a video with him where he was getting pretty upset and it's like, listen, I already signed one for you. Like one's all you're going to get. I couldn't imagine like flying through the airport, you know, and getting swarmed by people that, you know, or, you know, just out for profit kind of thing. But all right. So this next one, this guy got fired for being a good Samaritan. Uh, Mr. Juan was working at a Thai food restaurant in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, when he ended up being involved in a situation he would never forget. While he was at work, uh, Juan decided to help a woman who was being carjacked outside of the restaurant. Uh, so he took down the suspect who had a knife and held him down until the police came. Uh, apparently, he was fired for all the attention he brought to the restaurant. And I'm like, man, like, that's really messed up. Either something sketchy was going on at that restaurant or what. But I'm like, the dude tried to do the right thing. And he got penalized for it. Man, if they're going to do that to you, you don't want to work there anyway. Something, yeah, something's going on with that. You know, I, I never understood stuff like that. Um, you know, I, we kind of talked about this. Working at Papa John's as a pizza delivery guy at one point, you know, carrying a certain amount of bank on you. If you were carrying more than $100 on you and you, like, had to go cash it, you would have to go cash it in periodically in case you got robbed. If you had over $100, which is really easy to do, some people will pay you in $100 bills. And so it's like you got over $100 in one pop. If somebody robbed you, they will fire you for it. So, like, imagine getting robbed and then you get fired all in one go. Like, I just don't I just don't understand that stuff. I don't understand that either. All right, a couple more. Uh, so this older guy uh, was preparing to retire, and he had been with the company for 30 30- plus years so uh he was training this guy to take over his job uh, and he was training this guy for seven months um and until he felt like hey this guy's ready to take over i can retire so the boss was afraid to lose 30 plus years of experience and he fired the trainee to keep the old guy for a little longer uh that's crazy man like he was like oh yeah i'm not gonna lose you so i'm gonna fire this new guy like that's messed up yeah and it really is messed up for the 
you know, the guy that was trying to get in there because he really didn't do anything wrong. He was just kind of caught in the middle in that deal. Yeah, a lot of these wrongful terminations, people have said that they have sued and then they won. And so they got money for it. Um, all right, last one. So this lady, she worked as a hostess and got along with all of her coworkers. She regularly got told how great she was at multitasking um, and keeping the wait time down and managing the weekend wait list. And she was told that she was the best hostess they had in a while. She got fired after about six months because a guy who regularly came in with his giant party of a family, usually 10 to 13 people on Sundays after church during peak wait, peak wait time, thought that uh, she didn't smile at him enough. So she got fired because he complained and was like, hey, she's not smiling at me enough. That's really messed up, man. Yeah, no, that's really messed up. That's, that's super messed up. And I'll say this, too. Folks after church... Y'all need to be watching yourselves because y'all be some of the worst. I don't, I really don't know. Every time I was in customer service and things like that, it was always right after church. I mean, people would come straight from church and they would just be acting a fool. I don't know what it is. It's like that. Oh, I checked my moral box for the day. Now I can uh, do whatever I want. But yeah, those are some of the crazy reasons why people got fired. Uh, but yeah, so we are going to segue into our donut hole. And it's my week, and guess what, Michael? You're off the hook. We're not going to play a game this week. Oh, we're not playing a game? I was all geared up and ready for it. Oh, man. Well, I haven't done a movie review in a while, mostly because there haven't been any good movies to go review. But I finally got one to review for us. So you ready? Okay. Yeah, what's up? Uh, Now, wait to hear the review before I say it, okay? I'm going to review Creed 3. And I know you're going to be like, oh, okay. another Rocky movie, another Rocky movie. Creed 3 was amazing, and I'll tell you why. Number one, Sylvester Stallone was not in it at all. He, Rocky was not involved at all. Uh, number two, this movie, it didn't feel like a Rocky movie. It felt like it was his own thing. Now, it made nods to like Apollo Creed being his dad and stuff like that, but it didn't make a nod to any of the old movies. So if you guys don't know, in Creed 1 and 2, Creed is about the illegitimate son of Apollo Creed from the Rocky movie. So Apollo Creed had an affair on his wife and has this illegitimate son uh, that they find out is there, and he's got all this anger and stuff, and then he decides that he wants to become a boxer, he pairs up with Rocky Balboa. Rocky trains him, and he becomes the greatest guy in the world. Now, Rocky, or sorry, not Rocky Three, Creed Three, is now he's at the peak of his career, and he decides that he finally wants to retire. But Creed, Adonis Creed, who is played by Michael B. Jordan, he has had a rough past, and apparently he was involved in this big—I uh, wouldn't say murder, but it was this big crime with one of his childhood friends. Creed got away, but his childhood friend did not get away, and he got locked up for 18 years. Now, during the time of this story, his friend is just fresh out of prison, right? And he wanted to be the heavyweight champion of the world. So he's got this big chip on his shoulder, and he's kind of like, you know what, you owe me for all of this. You owe me because I got locked up, and you didn't. So Creed's trying to help out. But the guy is just reckless, and he's like, you know what? I'm coming for everything that you have, and Creed has to come out of retirement because he's basically the only one that could stop his friend from just, like, hurting people because this guy is legitimately hurting people, like, on purpose because he's got this chip on his shoulder. And I thought it was really a good movie because it was its own original movie. 
it made some references to the other Rocky movies and to Apollo Creed, but just enough. It wasn't like, oh, we're trying to do a reboot or a continuation of the Rocky story. It was its own thing. Also, it was also cool because in the movie, his daughter is deaf. And so it was cool to see them like use sign language for like half of the movie. So anytime they interacted, they were using sign language uh, with the daughter. And I think that stuff is really cool. It was good, good storytelling, good casting. Um, it was a boxing movie, but it wasn't like a typical boxing movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, it had more of a storyline than just the boxing or the sports aspect to it. Yeah, and it's not like this thing of it's all about boxing and it didn't have a cheesy montage. Like it did have a montage of them training, but it was more about Creed's life than his boxing. Like the boxing kind of took like a secondary, but it was more about Creed having to deal with his past and having to uh, reconcile that with his with his current thing right now. And man, I'll tell you, like the lady that pay, played his wife, uh, I think her name's Tessa Thompson. Dude, she was amazing in it because, like, I love that balance when it's like you have a strong uh, female lead, but they're not like men suck and I'm gonna kick everybody's butt. But she was like super strong, and so it was a good balance of that. And so I thought it was really a good movie to go worth seeing. Yeah, and it sounds cool because it's. Like you said, it's differentiating, uh, you know, because you know my biggest thing about, I don't know, you know my biggest thing about sequels and sequels and the fourths and the fifths and the, you know, so it's cool that it is separate and, you know, it gives nods to the past, but it's not quite, you know, it's its own storyline. Yeah, it's its own story. It was actually better than Creed 2, and Creed 2 I expected to be really good because basically the storyline about that is that it's, uh, you know, Ivan Drago from Rocky Four, the big Russian dude that killed Apollo Creed. Well, uh, Creed's son is fighting Drago's son. And so, like, they got the that Rocky Four rivalry going on. And it was, like, kind of falling flat for me. I fell asleep during it. But uh, Creed Three was amazing. <laughs> Go check it out uh, if you haven't yet. It's definitely worth watching. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is, like, he's great in anything that he's in. Wasn't he also, um, he was also Black Panther, right? in the Black Panther movie? Uh, he was in Black Panther, the first one. He was the villain in that one. But enough about that. Uh, let's go ahead and see what fries my donuts. And Mike, <laughs> what's frying your donuts, buddy? You know what I absolutely can't stand? And we've already done something similar to this, but not on the same lines. Construction while driving. Oh, yeah. Like, I hate here's that. my thing. Or, like... Road construction drives me mad. I just don't understand a lot of it. And tell me this, Chris. I know where you live. It's the same way. We have stretches of road that have been under construction for at least 10 years now. And I don't see a construction worker out there. I don't see. And when I do, they're all sitting around gabbing and eating their sandwiches. And I'm sitting here going, when is this going to get done? When are we going to, and meanwhile, I'm sitting in traffic going two miles an hour past them, watching their stupid behinds, eating all this stuff, chilling, having a good old time. All my taxpayer dollars are paying for them to quote unquote fix this road. You know, it just, it just drives me nuts. And then when you talk about going on a long distance trip, oh Lord, you know, you're going to hit at least three or four patches of really bad traffic, really bad construction, and you might see people out there, you might not. You might see them actually working, you might not. It's a crapshoot. Oh, yeah, exactly. And especially uh, go whenever I go down to visit uh, down 
in the Central Texas area, I have that one stretch of road where it's literally the road is a one-lane highway, and you have to sit at that light and wait for it. And that's been going on for over like a year and a half. And you're sitting here like, dude, when are y'all going to finish this? And you're right. I either see them just sitting around or I see one person working and all the rest just standing around. I'm telling you, man, like it really gets under my skin. And it's like, why do we have to wait on this construction to take so long? And here's my thing. I don't think the road's that bad to even begin with. Like the road, the stretch of road that they're working on, you're like, why did this need to be fixed? Like, I don't think this needed to be expanded. Like, what's going on here? No, and I'll say this. The stretch of road he's talking about, one, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, I'm talking, it's 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 on a stretch of road. There's just nothing around it at all. And, it's, and there's a light, which I've never seen before, um, you know, Normally, they'll have, like, a flagger out there, right? They'll have the one guy on one end, and they'll have the other guy on the other end. They'll tell you, okay, you can go, or you can go. Or I've even seen, like, the truck where they'll have a truck, and it's like you follow the truck and whatever. But this one has a, an actual, like, traffic light. But this sucker is, like, three and a half miles long. So if it turns red and it turns green on the other end, you got to wait for them to drive three and a half miles on that one lane to get to where you are. And that whole line of people to get there. And it stacks up because of how long it took the other side to do it. Then when it turns green, then you have three and a half miles to go. And you're dictated by the people in front of you. Hopefully you're the first person in line. But it's just, it's a pain in the rear. And every time I'm at that light, I'll tell you this much. I always get stuck behind a trucker. And nothing against truckers. I know they have a hard time getting up to speed. But my goodness, it'll be, you know, it, it'll be one of those things. It, it takes even longer to go that three and a half miles because you're only going 25, 30 miles an hour. Yeah. And then after that, you don't have a passing lane for another five miles. So you're sitting there just stuck and you're like, oh, my gosh. And I think I don't know if we talked about this before, um, but like where I live, the city planning was so dumb because I live in a college town. And uh, Texas Tech is big football, big football season, right? So they had all summer to work on this stretch of road that was the main road by the campus. And they could have started as soon as school let out. But they didn't start until like the first week in August, right before school started. And they closed this road down to one lane. And they did it, the construction, all during football season, backing up. All of the traffic, making it hard for people to get into the stadium, to get around campus. And I'm sitting here going, like, who planned this? Like, who thought it was a good idea to start on this construction at the very beginning of the fall semester? Heck, do it at the spring semester because there's not even that much going on either. That's what I'm saying. Something like that happened where I was living in San Marcos it's a college town as well and they were going to build a bridge and literally they had all you know they had all summer to do it when did they start right when fall semester started and literally it's the main way to get in and out of there it was just ridiculous but my my big thing too especially in the state of texas where we live this makes perfect sense to me i don't know why they don't enact this further why don't road crews work at night like that's that's my big question we they come out there middle of the day, right, where the most amount of traffic is. Um, you know, they'll start in the morning, and 
I remember living in Austin. It was the absolute worst. They would get started at, you know, 6, 7 in the morning, right when rush hour starts. So you have rush hour on top of construction traffic. It makes everything so bad. But think about this. If you're working and you get started at 9, 10 o'clock at night, and you go until 3 or 4 in the morning, there's not going to be a lot of people out. Even if you do get a little bit of traffic, it's not going to be much because there's not a lot of people going to be around. That's what I was thinking, too. And I was, like, wondering, uh, like, is it the temperature? Is it the fact that they can't find people to work overnight? Like, they can bring in those lighting trucks, and they can bring in lighting for them to have ample lighting. But that's what I thought, too. It's like, why don't y'all do the work overnight whenever no one's there? And you can get more done, and you can get it done quicker and yeah man and like most of the time whenever they're quote-unquote working on the road i feel like they don't even be doing that much at all like with the little stretches of road that they're working on not for not for days at a time but then there will be that one day that you'll pass it and you'll go oh man y'all are doing like everything today i don't know if you've seen that before too it'll seem like they're just chilling 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 and they might be doing something they might you know you might have a couple of the workers like scraping or doing something Half the time, it's like they're doing something with a tool, and it's like, what are you even doing right now? I'm not even really sure what you're doing. And then one day you'll pass, they'll have all the equipment out there. They'll have the you know the big roller. They'll have the big bulldozers. They'll have everything. And they'll have like 18 people working on it, and they'll all be smoothing it out. They'll be doing all this stuff, and you go, oh, dang, they really kicked it in the high gear. But, you know, the days surrounding that is a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, and I hate road construction. I hate how people drive in road construction. I just hate that people can't drive in it, and I'm sick of it. Yeah, I, I hate it too. I just hate how it drags on. Um, I just can't stand how, not just how people drive in it, but also how police officers act in it. Uh, as bad as it is, police officers use construction zones as extra cha-ching. And so, you know, it, you got to be extra careful you'll get pulled over in a heartbeat too i mean doing any little thing i mean it's not even speeding you if you like failure to maintain lane they will pull you over in a heartbeat for that in a construction zone they love those double fines i just hate it i don't get it whenever it's like it says end road work and then literally a mile then it says begin road work is it just like another project that they're working on or like what because i'm like why did you say end road work or in construction zone and that lets me know hey i can break the speed limit and then i have to slow down in another mile or so like that doesn't make any sense to me i don't know i know definitely some areas especially in the south will they'll set up bogus construction zones to you know like that as speed traps essentially to where it'll be like okay i'm out of this construction zone let me floor it and get back up to regular speed limit and then you know a mile later if you it's really easy to miss those signs, and if you miss the sign, then all of a sudden a cop's waiting on the other end of it. You got any more to say about construction zones? Oh, I got plenty. I wish, you know, there's been a lot of times, and they probably are like, what the heck, but I have rolled down my windows a few times and been like, what the heck are y'all doing just sitting around? And, yeah, I've let some frustrations out of the construction guys on the road there. Have they said anything back to you? No, they just stare at me. I've done it twice, and both times they just kind of like stared at me like, what did he say? I couldn't really tell what he said. Well, we're going to hop into our next segment, which is the Mystery Donut. And that's our improv segment. So guess what? I think the coffee shop guys are back, right? All of them. Well, not all of them. 
we got so many characters at the coffee shop now I, I don't even know if i can remember all the voices we've done to this point i can't either i think just whoever shows up shows up uh it's always random but uh i actually funny story because we talk about those old guys that sit at the coffee shop all the time uh my pastor was talking about how at his old church there were uh there was these guys that would always sit at the McDonald's and talk and gab. Uh, but they would, but what they would do is like the first couple hours in the morning, they would go to the church and like help out and do whatever it was and then go to the McDonald's and get their coffee. And they called themselves the hogs, helpful old guys. That's what they called themselves. I was like, Oh yeah, that's a definitely an old guy group, man. That just falls right into that stereotype of what we're going for. Well, let's kick off the coffee shop. Back again, back again. See all my friends here at the coffee shop. We gonna talk some mess. And uh, so, first and foremost, who you think's gonna win this week? What do you mean? Who's gonna win this week? It's gonna be, it's gonna be the, the Dallas Cowboys. You know that they're gonna win all the time. You know that's God's team. That's why them, them retractable group. Cause God's all smiling on the Cowboys. All I'm saying is the Cowboys haven't quite been good. And I don't know. Been probably. Oh, what's it been, about 20, 25 years? Yeah, Hans, I love the Dallas Cowboys, man. I love that Dallas Prescott, man. He always be throwing the football all the time to all that guy. He better than uh, 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 Patrick Holmes, man. It's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. That's what I say, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. D-A-K. Dak. Oh, I don't know why you guys always uh, argue over football. You know that San Francisco 49ers are the best. Listen, Mr. Quan, ain't nobody like the 49ers but yourself. Uh, 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 one time, uh, uh, my mom uh, took me to a, a, a cheese game, and, and Patrick Mahomes, he, he, he signed my football. <laughs> Last week, I had to clean up my stoma, and I stumbled upon a piece in a newspaper about Patrick Mahomes and... Uh... <laughs> He could have thrown a lot of ball throws, I'll tell you that. Now, John, didn't you say that you cut down from 10 packs a day to 5 packs? Yeah, but I'm back up to 7. Yo, 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 you guys haven't said nothing to me all week. We all know it's about the, the Patriots, the New England Patriots. They're the bee's knees. Tom Brady is my nephew from, from down the road, you see? I knew him back from Beantown, you know. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That guy ain't nothing but a washed up hack. You know who's the best quarterback of all time is, don't you? You know who that is? Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach. He got ten times the amount of talent that Tom Brady had. Tom Brady couldn't even last without Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach throw him like a football. How do I know you gonna say something about Roger Staubach? Always Roger Staubach, but you. Roger Staubach, Roger Staubach. That's all you. That's your haircut. That's your life. If, if you have it. You, you name one of your kids. It one of your kids named Roger. All right, now, we need to stop doing all the jibber-jabber and putting each other down. This is a group. I thought this was the type of group where we lift each other up and we talk about other stuff. All you guys want to talk about is football and all joking around with each other. Too much joke. I'll tell you this much. Danny Evans is in the house. Oh, hell. I'm going to get out of here. I ain't going to be here with no... No rainbow twinkle toes, Danny M. Hey, welcome here. Hey, welcome here. Oh, Lord. I can't believe he done came in this place today. 
he ain't welcome here. Hey, Hans, you guys aren't gonna run out on the tab. I might have to feed my seven kids. Now you just leave Mr. Quan. That's what happens. You stick him with the tab. Ain't the pain. All right, and that was our improv segment. Pretty good. Pretty good. I always loved that uh, bit of improv because it challenges me to think outside the box. But we're going to move into our eclair, which is our positive advice. And Micah, I think you're up, buddy. I just want to have a little reminder today. Communication is really, really important. And it's really, really hard sometimes, especially when you're going through really hard times. But remember, the people around you don't know what they don't know. And just, and you know, I, I mildly plan this, but not really. Um, just like in driving, if you don't put on your blinker, the person in the lane next to you doesn't know that you want to come over. And so the thing is, a lot of the times, it's really easy not to communicate, and it's really easy to not tell other people your intention to just assume that they understand and they know. And then what happens? You swerve into their lane, and then they flip you off, and you're like, wait, why'd you flip me off? It's because, you know, they weren't expecting that. That was a bomb dropped on them. And so, you know, the thing is, it's important to communicate and let other people know what's going on. Even if you feel like it's minor, it could be very important to them understanding and being able to help you. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. I had to do that today, actually, because it's like sometimes people just genuinely don't know that they either hurt your feelings or did something wrong. And it might be something uh, minor to them or you think that's minor, but it, it can be a big deal because sometimes those little things can build animosity and build uh, bitterness. But um, my eclair is more of a leadership advice thing. Uh, and it's kind of more of a sports reference, but build your depth chart. And what I mean by that is always have people that you are training um, to be in the spots. And we always used to say this at a job that I worked with. It's always train your replacement because you never know. Someone might call in sick or, you know, God forbid that you go through a health crisis or, you know, you have a family emergency that you have to tend to. But if you have that strong depth chart of people that know how to do your job, that know how to do the things that you do, then whenever you do have those things pop up, those people can hop into those spots. And two, you can take a vacation and you can take time off and not worry about what things are, are being taken care of. So always train your replacement, build your depth chart so you can have those people in position to take over so that eventually you can be promoted and you're not stuck in one place. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's really important. It's really important. And also to add to that, also it's important to document things that you do. And this is primarily for job wise, but document things that you do all the time so that again, once that replacement happens, uh, you can hand them documentation as well. That gives them step-by-step step on how to do it as well. That that helps. You don't want to be like that uh, guy that had 30 plus years of experience. And then uh, the trainee got fired because they could, they couldn't afford to lose them. All right. Well, uh, I think we're we're about done. About to take this Toto box to, out to the trash. But hey, we got to tell you all about our stuff, and we got to plug it. So you know how that goes. TVTrashCan.com. TVTrashCan.com. We even got more stuff on there. So go check it out. Um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You know, we we on everything. Um, I know a lot of y'all been listening on Spotify. We even on Apple Music. So go check us out, all of it, and uh, we really appreciate y'all listening to us. But we've had fun. 
I always enjoy doing these podcasts, man. It's always real cool. So we're going to take this donut box out to the trash. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ciao. Bye.